Hi, everyone. It's Melinda Garvey with the See It To Be It podcast. This week, we have another great interview with an incredible role model. Stay tuned. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the See It To Be It podcast. I'm your host, Melinda Garvey, and excited to be with you again this week with yet another amazing, relatable role model. So this week, we are welcoming Janet Mesh, and she is the CEO and co-founder of Aimtal. And it is a super cool marketing agency that focuses on empathetic marketing. So we're going to get into that in a little bit because that's super interesting. But welcome, Janet. Happy to have you on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited to dive into all these topics. Well, before we dive in, though, what I want to know is what was your big dream when you were growing up? What did you think you were going to be? So actually, I wanted to be an actress, specifically on Broadway. I was really into musicals growing up. That was definitely my dream of, you know, being a star. So maybe there's some alignment now being in marketing. It was kind of funny. I had a client last year when I was visiting them in their New York office and we were recording a video and I was actually in the video, like the main person of like the purpose of it. And I was like, thanks guys for fulfilling my dream of being a star in New York in a video. (laughs) Well, there you go. That's awesome. So that's the closest I got. What did you end up doing then instead of running off to Broadway? What has been your career path so far? I didn't take the punch and go to New York City right out of college or anything to follow that dream. But so I'm born and raised in Boston and I went to University of New Hampshire and they have like a very specific communications program that I wanted to be a part of. So I got my degree in communications with a focus in marketing. They were starting to develop the curriculum where you could focus in business and marketing with communication. So that was really exciting. And I honestly, from there, I just, I knew I wanted to work in marketing. I really like enjoyed, you know, those aspects of it and how it was just really starting to like develop digitally. And out of college, I started working for an IT staffing firm and I pretty much worked my way up over within like three years to build their marketing department, working really closely with their sales team and like the leadership team. So at the very beginning of my career, I really started working like very closely with executive teams and having a lot of exposure, which was like amazing experience. The company got acquired, which was awesome, but realized that my growth maybe wasn't going to go much further. So it was it was good timeline. And I realized I wanted to be able to work. I really crave that flexibility. And some of my friends and my boyfriend, he was working remotely as well. He worked in IT. And I was like, well, if I'm on my computer like eight hours a day, then I should be able to do this as well. Uh, so instead of jumping into like a whole new, you know, another company, I actually took four months off and we traveled through South America. You know, I, I call it like the correlate crisis back then. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but it was really helpful because it made me like reflect and get very clear on what I wanted to be doing. And I came down to like, I want to work in marketing, continue that but I do want to work remotely. And after coming back to Boston and kind of deciding what my next steps would be, I realized get a lot of experience and kind of have that flexibility by working for agencies. So I worked with a couple agencies, which was great experience and learned like a ton. And I also started freelancing and that's where I really started like opening up the door of the opportunity that, you know, giving me the confidence that I could do a lot of this on my own and I was getting my own clients. And that honestly just started to really grow to the point where I couldn't sustain it myself. So I don't know if I ever really truly went in being like, I'm going to start my own agency, but it just kind of was this natural evolution to Aimtel. And we actually just celebrated our two year anniversary in business. So it's been an exciting ride. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. I want to focus in on just kind of the core of, you know, your company and what you do. And you talk about this as empathetic marketing and that's Uh your secret sauce. And I'd love for you just to talk about what that is in your word and why that's so important. 
Yeah, definitely. So Aimtel, we're a digital content marketing agency, and we work primarily with B2B tech brands and SaaS companies. I mean, it's a very technical industry, of course, and very like data-driven. And where we provide a lot of value is like bringing back like that human element to the marketing because it can, a lot of the time, it's just like people really focus on like the data, which is absolutely important to like marketing strategy and building out, you know, what you're going to be doing and how you're connecting with your like ideal audiences. But when it's very like when strategy I've seen with marketing is very data driven, there's like this disconnect between like who you're actually, you know, speaking with and wanting to like build connection and relationships with. So we really try to like use like data to inform what we're doing and focus on this like empathetic side of marketing, which really means is like, what is your customer and your ideal audience truly need and want? And like, how does your like product or service fit into that? And like a lot of times I mean, just like a very small piece of it. Like you're not always that person's like entire world. I think like as a business owner, if you have a company, like you just think like it's everything, it gets everything to you, but it may not be everything to your customer. And that's like a really important thing to remember and having that empathy. It's not just like understanding, but it's like that deeper level of really understanding like the, their full world view and how your brand and services fit into that a mindset in a way too. It's like a little bit of a shift that people I'm trying to encourage like to adopt and always like taking like when things get confusing, taking it back to like, well, who are we really like trying to educate and connect with? Like that should always be like the main question that it comes down to. I think that, you know, certainly in the climate that we're in, you know, both politically and racially, you know, what advice would you give to brands about how to display that empathy, you know, not only just understanding, and even during this time of COVID, you know, when everybody's locked in, not only just understanding what they need from your product or service, but also on the human level. So we like to take like a content strategy to our marketing and like using content to like drive like any kind of connection with like a customer or like lead generation. So I I really love that because content like helps you build trust. Every consumer now, like we're very educated. Like we like to do our research and kind of across the board. It's like when you're looking like the first thing you're probably going to do is like go to Google. What's coming up for them when they're searching for that? And there's of course like all these technical ways to like come up at higher ranking and all that. But really what it comes down to, in my opinion, is are you creating content that like one they need and they identify with and maybe going to help solve a challenge, but also like building trust where you're providing that information People can, you know, be like, oh, wow, this is like really valuable or like I learned something or I can take like one actionable tip away and like apply that to a business process or something that I'm trying to solve in my own company. And to your point, I think especially this year is what's really become apparent is that like people need trust and something that they can rely on and businesses have that opportunity to kind of like step in and fill the little bit of that gap that we have. (laughs) And have you found that people have change during this time. I mean, I think that it's just super interesting just talking about the word empathy, obviously, because it's sort of, you know, being empathetic is put yourself in someone else's shoes, have at least some understanding or acknowledgement of what someone else is going through. And I think that during these times, have you found that there's even more of a demand for this? Are people starting to say, okay, you know, I mean, I think for a long time, still now people are on opposite sides of the fence and it's very contentious. Mm -hmm. So what do you see kind of as trends? You know, what are people reacting to? I think it still comes back to like, people want to be part of something. And, you know, even if you're like, 
we say you're offering like IT service or for example, or like we work with like other consulting firms, right? But like they want to be a part of something. So it's like, even, you know, you're providing like a service and helping them like improve their business operations with specific technology, like that's the service. But really what it comes down to too is who's on your team and who are the, the team that they're going to be working on. Like kind of like emphasizing that kind of like connection there. And like we do that in our marketing too, is really trying to like bring the stories of our customers to light and humanizing their brand, not just like on their service of their product, but like who are the people behind it and like what are their stories and the stories of their customers and really getting into that I actually would say like storytelling I'm seeing more of is really cool because it does open up that way that we can kind of process and understand another person's perspective or journey. That's definitely a trend that I I really love and it's been pretty consistent, but it's been more amplified and it's cool to see it happening more on digital channels like podcasts or we're seeing a lot of growth with webinars for our clients. And that's like a whole new service that we provided this year that we didn't last year and lives like YouTube live or on LinkedIn and Facebook and really just starting just to get in front of people more, not really like hiding behind the screen, but opening it up. And we're seeing a lot of success with, for clients in that regard. Well, obviously, you know, you've crafted this as a business strategy, but I would imagine that it's personal for you. And I would just sort of love for you just to even talk about that just kind of in our personal interactions. You know, I kind of mentioned earlier, like we have gone a bit rogue. I mean, you look just on even just Facebook. Sometimes I'm like, I can't even, you know, because people are just the vitriol, right? It's just kind of crazy. And, and, you know, what advice would you give just to people about being human and having empathy like how can you get in touch with that within yourself I would like consider myself like an empath so like I feel like naturally I'm like very like connected to people's emotions and if someone's like feel the the mood of the room or like the vibe or even like on a zoom call which is great sometimes it's a little overwhelming for sure but when I'm trying to like take an empathetic approach just in like conversations with my team or clients or just my friends or anyone it's like I like to ask questions and not like go in like always with a, a bias and one of our core values that Intel is actually keep an open mind. And I think that's a really important aspect of empathy is keeping that open mind. Like we all have like our assumptions and, you know, there's stereotyping and biases that are always at play, but being open to like maybe change your perspective and then just asking like questions. And sometimes like the questions that you're like, oh, I don't know if I should ask that are the ones that you should. And it opens up to like a kind of a cool conversation and maybe understanding a different thing that you never understood before. So many of the recent discussions I've had just, you know, regarding, you know, what's going on with all the racial injustice. And and I think that, that a lot of the messaging I've been hearing is, yes, let's get in conversation, but we have to be in conversation and have to ask the questions and no one's expecting everybody to be perfect, but just to stop yeah. and to actually listen. Don't expect people just to provide everything for you. Like it's also up to all of us to like educate ourselves, which kind of comes back to that, like what's available and making sure you're taking the time to understand things thoroughly and good opportunity for people to like provide that info if they can, you know, and build that trust and understanding. Absolutely. So you are a young female entrepreneur and I know that you kind of, you know, walk backwards and heels into it, right? (laughs) Talk to us a little bit about not only being a female entrepreneur, which can have its challenges, but certainly being someone who is young and, you know, building this agency, you know, what are some of those hurdles that you've had to overcome and, you know, just some good advice that you might give to young women? 
I would say like it's what's really served me well is the network I've built and like the team I'm building and the clients. And honestly, sometimes being picky with that, I think is like really important because there's only so much energy. Like I've realized that I can give and I can give a lot, a lot. And I have to like set these boundaries. It's like super important. Like that would be my advice is making sure you're like setting who do you want in your sphere and like being comfortable that could be like limited you know and it's interesting because like I mean I work in the tech industry so like it's like male dominated so I find that I've definitely worked primarily with men like a lot of my clients and I was actually talking about this with a friend recently I was like honestly I can't really think of a time I've been like really disrespected and if I have been then it's just you know what this isn't working out having that confidence just understand what those boundaries are of like how people are going to treat me or and it comes down to like what you will allow. So I also am like the only girl in my family. I feel like I'm used to. So that definitely has like served me well. <laughs> but it's cool to see like a shift for sure. I mean, I also work with like a ton of other incredible women. And, you know, I think it's, it's nice to see that like shift where it's not, it's a little bit more balanced moving forward. And it's not necessarily based on like your gender, but more on like your experience and your skill set and your professionalism, which is great. I love the advice, though, about to some extent what you'll put up with and what you stand up to. And I think that that's really important. I mean, I have to say that, you know, my jaw dropped open. I think it was last night on the news when I saw, you know, the Ellen show and they had these producers that had been fired and all the sexual misconduct and the way they were treating people. And I'm just like, this is happening still. I mean, sometimes it just blows me away. I mean, I know it is. I'm not being Pollyanna about it. And I think that it just goes to show you how difficult it is, even though it's now, look, these people are going to be gone if you say something, but how difficult it is for people to have the confidence to stand up and actually say something and stand up to that because it obviously took a long time. So I think that that is something that, you know, we all need to work on. It's sort of like talking about being non-racist versus being anti-racist, you know, being anti-racist is saying something even when there's no one in the room to be offended. Anyway, that's great advice. Thank you. Yeah, well, we've had like a business coach and just like my own research and understanding like really effective like businesses and how they operate. And a lot of what I saw is like a common theme and worked really well that I really liked is actually having core values and not just like having core values so they're like up on your website and you're like, this is what we do, but practicing them and incorporating them into like your processes and communication with your team and even clients and like choosing your team members and clients like based on those core values. Because I found like when I and the business operates around those values, then we make the right decisions and we're not like veering off course of like what we believe in and what our standards are. It kind of keeps things moving forward in like a positive way because it's easy to go off course and in as you're growing, you can't keep track of everything. So having that like at the foundation is super important as we've been building Aimtel. Well, and I think certainly good to apply in your personal life as well. You know, having those core uh, values. What, what are you going to stand up for? What, what yeah. does that look like? for you. And, you know, it's not easy, but, but being able to do that. Well, as we're um, closing up here, I'd love for people to get to know a little bit more about you personally. So what does your morning routine look like? I'm not a morning person. So I like don't jump out of bed at like 5am. That's like one thing I've done well is like don't sacrifice my sleep. So I make sure I get like the full, at least eight hours, but I've actually adopted a pretty good morning routine. I like to have like slow mornings. I've worked remotely for years and our agency is fully remote even before COVID. But I like to like get up and like shower. I actually do my makeup and my hair, change and 
I feel like it's a nice like start to the day. It feels as if I'm like, you know, going to my home office. It's only like a room over, but at least I feel like I'm really showing up for my team and my clients and myself. And then uh, definitely don't recommend being in your pajamas. That's like not a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) I always like, you know, eat a healthy breakfast and um, like I usually will like read the news and have a couple like newsletters or like podcasts that I listen to in the morning to like start my day as I'm getting ready. And then, yeah, just kind of start, uh, like, hop online and um, chat with the team and then if I have meetings or work to be done. So it's pretty, like, a standard one, but it's nice. And I've been incorporating, like, my end of the day to, like, I definitely feel sucked into, like, the digital world because that's, like, that is my world at work. So I've been trying to incorporate more of a boundary after like the work day. And I've been journaling a lot, which I really love. And like, at least like going out for a walk and just trying to like remove myself from a screen. Since you have been working remotely for so long, are there some key things? I mean, I think you mentioned one of them. Yeah, get up, get dressed, you know, be sort of present in that mindset. But what are some other things that, you know, and I think this is going to become more of our new normal that at least, you know, every business, at least if they can in some fashion is going to have remote working. What are some of those key things that are really important to be successful? Definitely like the first one is like what your routine looks like. Like for me, like it's so easy to like fall out of it. It's so easy to just like stand online for a couple more hours or just like go over to the couch or things like that. But it's really important to try to like mimic the same type of routine you would have with like starting and ending your day, having a lunch break, like exercising, eating well, like that shouldn't change just because you're working from home. And another really big piece is from a business side that we've been very intentional about is like, what are the communication tools that you're using with your team? And like, what's like the working agreement? Like, when should everyone be available to collaborate? What tool are you using for like project management? So we use Trello, we use Slack for like internal communication, even with some clients. And just being very clear on like what you are using and how they're used. So everyone has expectation. What I love about remote work is that you don't need to be like sitting at your desk, like for all hours, like you do have that flexibility and that's like a benefit of it. It's just a matter of being very clear with like making sure if someone's unavailable, like just let the team know, you know, like be an adult, just let everyone know that you can work these hours or what the status of certain projects are. And, you know, don't let anyone like guessing or leave them in the dark and usually you're in good shape. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think that is really interesting because we've been sort of working that with our company as well. And just about, you know, noticed on the Slack channel, it's like, you know, hey, I'm popping out to the post office back in an hour or I'm going to grab this. I sort of have talked to people about, okay, if you were walking down the hall, you wouldn't just pass everyone's office or everyone's desk. I mean, when you're in tiny company too, and just walk out the door and disappear, you'd say, hey guys, I'm off to lunch or back in an hour, or you sort of declare, right? I really like on Slack using like the statuses is super cool because like sometimes you don't need to like tell someone that you're, and we have like specific like Slack statuses that we use, like taking like lunch and people just put it on and you just see the emoji and the update and you just know that they're not going to be available for an hour or two. And that's completely fine. It works really well. That's awesome. Well, I so appreciate your time and um, just think what you're doing is really, really interesting and, and so needed during this time. So I hope your empathetic marketing kind of bleeds over into the world on a personal level, because I think that's just a core value that we need to get back to as a country. So good for you for building a business out of it. I think that's awesome. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Well, tell everybody where they can find you if they want to find out more about you. Yeah, uh, you can just go to our website. So it's aimtal.com, A-I-M-T-A-L.com. Or you can just find me, Janet Mesh, on any social channel, primarily like Twitter or LinkedIn is great. And of course, Aimtel is on all social. So if you have any questions or want to reach out, or we are doing like free consultations, so you can find that on our website too. 
Awesome. Well, great. Well, thank you so much. And we will certainly be watching to see what you do next. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the See It To Be It podcast. For more female empowerment, inspiration, and advice, subscribe to our free weekly newsletter featuring a new woman to watch each week. And check out over a thousand more featured women at onthedotwoman.com. Know someone we need to feature? Reach out at onthedotwoman on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.